Welcome to Celebration Church's podcast. We hope this helps you to know God better and trust Him more. To learn more about Celebration Church, please visit us at celebrationchurchlive.com. Well, we're wrapping up this series that we've simply called Unalone. And I hope that you have enjoyed it. Um, I'm kind of sad to see it done. There are series that that, you know, I said, well, we're going to look at this for four weeks, and you're like, okay, well, how are we going to talk for four different weeks about being on alone? And then as we get into it, I'm like, you know what, I'd really like to spend a couple more weeks on this, um, but I really believe the Spirit of God is preparing, had prepared us with this for our, our next series we're going to kick off next week um, that we're just going to call Roller Coaster. And so most of us know life has its ups and its downs, and God has called us to be able to be able to, <clears throat> to step into life, not fearful of those ups and downs, but trusting him in the middle of all of them. And so we're going to spend a, a couple of months on this concept of roller coaster. I'm really excited about We're going to be looking at the life of Joseph in the Old Testament, not Mary's Joseph, um, but Joseph in the Old Testament. So we're going to be looking at that, and it's uh, some great parallels. We'll be learning some good stuff. Uh, but as we are Connecting this morning, and we look at unalone. We keep jumping off from this same concept. You've been around Celebration Church very long. You know, I get when I get a series, I have one big idea that I, we really wanna, really wanna drive home. And this is that been that idea. If you walk away with nothing else, please understand that God created life to be lived and enjoyed with others. That's where. The fullness of life is found. That's where we really get to in connect and be who God's fully called us to be is when we are linked up with other people. Even outside of trying to, to look at, at God as our creator and trying to serve him and connect with him, just in our built-in wiring, we get this. We understand this. We want to be around people. We've already talked about all of the apps and the social media, and we want to feel like we're connected with hundreds and hundreds of friends on this and connections on that. But even aside from that, then we, we do this on a regular basis. You know, we did church in a movie theater for seven and a half years. We've only been in this building for two months now. Can you believe we've been in here two months? Completing two months. That's so awesome. Yes! Thank you, City of San Angelo, that you have let us meet here while we're still building. And if you're, if uh, this is your first time, we're still under construction. We're not done. So you're like, wow, they kind of like quit. <laughs> uh, no, we're, we're, we're still going. We still got stuff to do. So hopefully some mid-spring uh, mid, uh, we'll have it all done. But there in the movie theater, we, I enjoy going to the movies. Not just because I want a really big screen. We can get big screens in our houses now. You know, you get the big TV and you scoot, the, scoot your couch way up, and man, you got it. You know, it's the, it's the same experience. You know, get the full surround sound. We can do all of this stuff in our home. Why do we want to go to a movie theater? It's because of shared experience. It's because that you watch a comedy and it's a, a joke that makes you smile, but makes somebody else laugh is just a little bit funnier in a shared environment. That thing, that tense moment where it makes you jump, but the person in front of you actually like fall out of their chair and like scream, 
It's a little bit more intense. You want to have some fun at a tense movie? Take Brooklyn Clark with you. I tell you what, that girl, she is a show in and of herself in a tense thing. And uh, Cutie just won't even go to tense movies. It just won't even happen. She'll just walk out. She'll be like, I'm done. But next week, you're going to be having Super Bowl parties. Why? Because it's all the better to watch this big game when you've got a bunch of people. And you especially better when you've got somebody that, you're, that likes the team you're against. So you can, like, go at each other and, and poke at each other and have some good, some good fun with one another. And all of us in this whole room I'm just gonna, are all against George. Where's George? He's our Patriot fan. There's probably another Patriot fan in here, but... Oh, my... Oh, he brought the Patriot beanie. <laughs> Y'all forgive him right now. Just forgive him. Forgive him. You're in a safe zone. Jesus, help us. He's in a safe zone. Please don't hurt him, folks. We got a reputation to uphold. But that's what makes it fun is that shared experience and that shared connection. We go to overpriced stadiums. Why? Because it's just amazing. I've, I've got to go to one Longhorn football game in my life. And so I had a buddy who had season tickets and we go to UT. And this is back when they were doing good. And uh, <laughs> better days are ahead. Better days are ahead. And... Uh, Anyways, and so we're like way stinking up there, way in the nosebleed. Like I literally, I saw birds fly lower than me. <laughs> it is funny to watch what a bird's wing flap looks like from up top, from like what God sees. It's a little less awkward. It's kind of like, God, you should have seen it from our end. It looks weird. And so, but the, uh, it, that experience is, is wonderful, is wonderful. I watched most of the game on the Jumbotron because everybody was so tiny. Because I was so up high. But the experience was awesome. We get this. We spend lots of money to have these shared experiences. We do this. And we understand it. We have to extrapolate that over into our lives. And I know to a certain degree I'm preaching to the choir because you're in church on a Sunday morning for a shared experience. For a shared experience. We even are trying to incorporate that more into our podcast. If you, if you look up, we've got a little microphone hanging right there. Be able to catch you. Why? Because people listening to our podcast, would, I would make a joke and you couldn't hear it. <laughs> and it's sad. Sounds like, I, like nobody likes me. <laughs> Sounds like none of y'all are, like, are just like tolerating me. So this section right here, y'all better laugh good at all my jokes because all the podcast is going to hear y'all's chuckles. And no heckling me either. They're going to hear you. But we want, why is that necessary? Laugh tracks and, and that kind of stuff. Why? It's because it's when we feel like we're experiencing it with someone else. There's this beautiful thing where things are validated. God's word even tells us that let every word be established by two or three witnesses. That we're not allowed to live this life alone in Christ. We're not allowed to. So let's one more time look at Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 19. Verse 16, it says, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that being rooted and established in love, we're going to get in this a little bit more in just a minute, but love is so vital. That rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of the fullness of God. You and I, as we connect, as we open up our hearts, as we share what God is doing in our lives, our struggles, our wins, our prayers, our hopes for tomorrow, what God is doing in our lives, you and I begin to get a broader view of how big and wonderful and amazing our God is. We begin to take another little piece of the puzzle, the little vein that you see and another vein that I see, and we put them together, and now we get a bigger picture. It is absolutely vital that we're able to do this. But not only does it help us to be able to see God and to see this place and have an understanding of how high and deep and wide and high is the love of God, but it also lets us begin to begin to be who we were really genuinely created to be. So you remember, we were made in God's image. And sin came in as humanity decided to do its own thing. To not let God lead, but say, you know what? We can lead ourselves. We can make our own decisions. We can go our own way. And that was what took place in the garden. And that is what we've been battling with ever since. As I said, you know what? I'm going to be God of my own life. I'm going to make my own decisions. I'm going to submit to only me. I'm going to honor only me. And then we get the results of putting me first with the destruction and the pain. So as we begin to be brought about and make the turn and let the new birth begin to really work in our lives so that that original image of God that you were created to show the world That peace of God that you uniquely were created to express in all of creation. As we begin to do that, then that then we let the we let our true selves begin to come about. See, God created your best you to exist in helping and letting others help you. That's where your best self exists. You cannot be your best self isolated and alone. You can't do it because you were wired, you were built to build others up, to help others. You are hardwired for it on one level or another. And when you are disconnected from others, when you, are, when you make yourself alone, you begin to diminish and tarnish you when you cut yourself off. See, Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is a baseline passage of Scripture in our school of ministry. You come to school of ministry and you'll begin to understand it. And we'll hammer, especially in our first, uh, our first sessions, on this concept of what ministry is. Ministry is, is us stepping into what God has called us to do. That we are God's handiwork. He's at work in us. He is at work crafting in us and, and the, <clears throat> preparing us for the good works he's created us to do. 
See, we're not saved by good works. We are made right with God so that we can do the good works. There's nothing we can do to make ourselves right with God. But once we're right with God, we can finally begin to do all the stuff we've been called to do. That's where all these good works fit in. Not so we can get the brownie points and say, God, God, look at me. I've done all this good stuff. Aren't I heaven ready yet? No, it's that Christ has done it. And then he's worked in us to be able for us to step into those good works. These good works were God prepared in advance for us to do. This is what he planned for you all along. You didn't all of a sudden decide to come to Christ and God's like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do with this one? I really didn't think they'd respond. I really thought this one was kind of a lost cause. All of a sudden, now we got this one showing up at church and praying and having a relationship with me. What am I going to do with this person? Hmm, let me figure out. Where's a gap? Maybe you can come over here. Maybe you can go over there. No, God had a plan for you from day one. And we've been off track doing our own thing. And as we submit ourselves to God and let him work in our lives, he puts us back where we were to be all along. And it kind of makes sense that we were called the body of Christ, that God would want to use his body. How sad would it be for God, for Jesus, the head, and we're called the body of Christ, but none of us to be able to function. For this body to exist and him not be able to use it. Now, I get it. Sometimes we as the body of Christ, we make Jesus look like he's a six-month-old learning how to use a spoon. That Jesus is trying to use us to feed one part to hit another. And we like got the carrots on the forehead. And we've got, we're making all sorts of a mess. But you know what? We're learning. We're his body being able to work and to function. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 says, Let us hold unswervingly. To the hope we profess. For he who promised is faithful. He's faithful. Why do we have to hold on to something knowing that God is faithful? Because we're in process. We're not there yet. We see this thing and we see this stirring that God wants to do something and carry us forward and for our lives to make a difference. And we're still figuring this out. We're still stepping into it. And in this process, we hold on to him because he's faithful. This is, and let us consider how we, must, how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds. How you and I can coach one another and point one another towards love and good deeds. Reminding one another when we begin to drift off course to respond in love. Why? Because there's going to be lots of opportunities to not respond in love. Lots of them. You can have two people together. Two people have a hard time getting along and doing the same thing. Much less you try to get all of us together and move forward and, and make a difference in our community. My goodness, we're going to have to be reminded to love one another and be patient with one another over and over and over. That we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together. I so love it that the scriptures understand this. 
that God knows how we're made. That when we get frustrated, when all of a sudden, when this place, when we, we <clears throat> begin to doubt and, and wonder if God really is faithful, when we begin to, to walk away from, from doing the good things that God has called us to do, one of the first things we want to do is unplug. Let's just say, you know what? Forget it. It's not worth it. Maybe you're here this morning and you just are barely here today. Maybe you're just barely here. You're like, you know what? I just wasn't going to come. I got frustrated with church life. I got frustrated with church people. And I just, I'm, I'm just done. I'm just done. Maybe you're here and you're like, that had been your life. And you're barely stepping into this this morning. And you're like, you know what? Maybe I'm going to try this again. I've been disappointed. Aren't we so thankful that we understand that God's not scolding us? He understands this can be tough. This can be tough, but in the middle of it, don't give up meeting together. It says, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another in all the more as you see the day approaching. As we move forward and recognize that God is doing something in our community, in our lives, let's hold on and encourage one another. Let's move forward together. See, the scriptures <clears throat> point us to this truth, that as we let God lead us with his spirit, we will see our true selves become more and more revealed. We're going to spend the rest of our morning together in Galatians chapter 5. and Been through the Sunday school stuff as a kid. You'll know Galatians chapter 5 is this place where we find the fruit of the Spirit. Well, we want to actually want to back up and we want to see the entire passage here. So let's look at Galatians chapter 5 verse 14. It says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. If we'll just operate in love, we don't need any other laws. If we'll just operate in, in fact, I would go so far to say is, if we would just operate in love and, and be considerate, we don't even need traffic laws. Why? Because we're, we're not trying to just force our way anywhere. We're considerate. We're watching. We're not pushing the speed limits. We're doing everything deferring to one another. We see someone coming up to an intersection and we stop on our own and let the other person go. All of a sudden, considering others over ourselves begins to fix so many different things, but we don't, so we have to have laws. But when we look at this from a relational standpoint, that if we would just love one another, then all of a sudden it begins to fix everything. Verse 15 says, if you bite and devour one another, watch out or you yourself will be destroyed by each other. If you sit there and poke at one another, you'll, it'll finally go to where you're just completely destroyed. My grandmother told me a story about uh, years ago, growing up on a farm in La Mesa, Texas. And um, so, of course, uh, they just played outside, you know, it's, that was what they did. So she had a, a bunch of siblings, and her and, and her sister Lenny 
who she has a great relationship. She talks to her sister Lenny every day. And um, anyways, but they were sitting outside, and, and Lenny began to, to bother my meemaw. And they were little, and my meemaw was like, I wish you were just this big. And Lenny looked at her and said, well, I wish you was just this big. Well, she's not going to be outdone. My meemaw's like, I wish you were this big. And then she comes back, and my Lenny says, I wish you were this big. And my grandmother finally went over the top and won the whole thing. She said, I wish you weren't even here. Wow. Well, all of a sudden, that, that crushed Lenny. And, of course, she runs off and tells my great-grandmother. And my Mimo got in trouble. My Mimo remembers every time she got in trouble. <laughs> But isn't that where that always goes? As we begin to poke one another and try to outdo one another, doesn't it eventually carry itself to where we just really wish the other person just didn't even exist? If we don't draw the line somewhere, at some point say, I, I, I'm just, I'm just going to love you. I'm just going to forgive you then our retribution keeps pushing until we just wish the other person wasn't even there. The scriptures know this. If we bite and devour one another, watch out, or you will be destroyed by each other. And he is writing to you and I. He's writing to believers. He's not writing to people who are on the outside. He's not shaking his fist at his government officials. He's, he's letting us know we can't be treating each other this way. So now he gives the solution. And before we throw it up on the screen, so many times we could think that, okay, it's, so the solution would be what our moms told us. So be nice. Play nice. Try harder. That is not what Paul brings. Praise God it's not what Paul brings. Verse 16 Paul's answer to this is, so I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh, of this carnal part of you. For the flesh desires what's contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They're in conflict with each other, so that you <clears throat> are not to do whatever you want. Why are we not to do whatever we want? And then what the people say, that, that all you grace people, you just act like you can just do whatever in the world you want to do, and there's no consequences, and Jesus is lollipops and gumdrops and all this stuff. No, because love, love draws a harder line. Love draws a place where it says, you know what, I don't want, I don't want to hurt anybody. Grace allows us to finally live the way we were called to live. Not more selfishly than we've ever been, but more Christ-like than we've ever been. Why? Because now in grace we have full access to the Spirit. How is God going to have full, full communication and connection with us if we're not fully heaven-ready and fully remade in His image spiritually? How? It don't work, folks. The word tells us that God doesn't have any, any fellowship with that. The light and the dark don't. 
That's why we can have, we can walk in the Spirit because we are in the Spirit. We are reborn in Christ's image. We're 100% heaven ready. But we still have these carnal patterns and fleshly desires and all this other stuff that's at war with it. So what do we do? We walk in the Spirit. We let Him lead. It says, but if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, right quick, I want us to look at how the message translation puts this. Because so many times we can look at this and we can say, well, you know, I maybe get a little angry sometime, but I'm not fits of rage and, you know, and, you know, orgies aren't my life, you know, and, and you know, this thing over here is, is not, I wouldn't call, I don't step into witchcraft. And so this, this list, this list doesn't really fit me. I'm, I must be a pretty spirit-led person. Let's go ahead and let's look at how the message translation puts this. Verse 19, it says, It's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. You want a good definition for what that, that carnal nature thing is? Eugene Peterson gave us a pretty good working definition of you just trying to get your own way all the time. You just doing your thing. That's the carnal thing. This is what it's obvious what kind of life develops out of trying to get your own way all the time. Repetitive, loveless, cheap sex, a stinking accumulation of mental and emotional garbage, frenzied and joyless grabs for happiness, trinket gods, magic show religion, paranoid loneliness, cutthroat competition, all consuming yet never satisfied wants, a brutal temper. An impotence to love or be loved, divided homes and divided lives, small-minded and lopsided pursuits, the vicious habit of depersonalizing everyone into a rival, hmm. uncontrolled and uncontrollable addictions, ugly parodies of community. I could go on. This isn't the first time I've warned you, you know. If you use your freedom this way, you will not inherit God's kingdom. God's not freed us to live this place. It, but we make us less than who we are. So what does it look like? What does it look like for us to, to let God's nature shine in our lives? The very next verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. I want you to try to think of how you would notice any of these in someone's life without them interacting with another person. 
for someone to demonstrate and you be able to see love in their life without them having any kind of interaction with another person, with them being completely alone. What about patience? How do we even know what patience looks like? Real patience without dealing with another person. Goodness and faithfulness. See, the Spirit of God makes it where we can actually do life together. God's Spirit, that's why he says, walk in the Spirit, lean on the Spirit. All of the stuff that makes it where we can actually do life together, the Holy Spirit brings about in our lives. He brings that to the party. They're like, Lord, I'm having a hard time dealing with this person. And he's like, invite me into that. Let me lead you in this. Because guess what's going to show up? The patience that you're lacking with this person. The kindness that you're lacking with this person. The joy that you're lacking with this person. All of these different things, he, he will grow up in our lives. He goes on to say that against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. And since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. And then our last idea that we want to close with today is 2 Corinthians 3. It says, now the Lord is Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. There's freedom to love. There's freedom to have real joy. There's freedom to be in peace. There's freedom. And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. So as we stay connected with him, then we are transformed more and more into his image. And what does his image look like? It looks like those fruit of the Spirit. So here's this beautiful thing. God is at work in each of us, but then he's also at work in all of us. So if we will just lock arms, trust God. I'm telling you, man, we can begin to see things on a completely different level. See, our bottom line today is you revealing Christ to others reveals you. You being patient with others reveals the real you. You being faithful reveals the real you. How many times have we, have we talked to someone who's just in a really terrible relationship? You're like, this person, all you see is this person just being destructive in someone's life. And then this person says, tells you, but that's not the real them. That's not the real them. They've had a glimpse. They've had an experience. They've seen them have moments of 
kindness and gentleness. And they're holding on to those things. We naturally do that. That's why we stick with the people we stick with. It's because we see these moments of, of Christ-likeness and we believe that's the real them. And if I'll stay around long enough, I'll see more and more and more of that. And honestly, when we walk out of relationships and we get done, it's because we're not seeing enough of Christ and we hit the place we think we never will. And we cut them off. If we're going to do this thing, where we're going to walk life out and see God do what God does, which is put, knit us together and work in our lives and bring restoration, then we're going to have to believe that he who promised is faithful and that he is at work in each of us to reveal his, his son in all of us. I've just been really prayerful that this year, that this year we would really lean in and let God work in our relationships. Let's be extra forgiving. Let's be extra patient. When we're hitting those walls, lean into the Spirit, walk with the Spirit, and let God do something that's beyond you and I. He wants to. He wants to. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Celebration Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.